There's been times this year where we've run weekly online sessions for our Performance Pathway Hub participants. And what we've done there is we've used those as an opportunity for them to check in, interact with their fellow athletes, and then have a little bit of a learning opportunity delivered by us in that session. We're starting to see clubs get back to some sort of normality now. Numbers are slowly creeping up. There will absolutely be, um, be a full calendar moving forward um, for, for opportunities. Having 21 athletes from Wales or living in Wales out at the Games and bringing home 14 medals was, was just an incredible feat of achievement. You're listening to the Just Ask podcast with Jack Wilson. Just Ask. Gofynnwch. Just Ask. Hello and welcome back to the hashtag Just Ask podcast. I'm your host for today, Jack Wilson. We've got a number of wonderful members from all departments of the Disability Sport Wales team to join us to round off the year. So let's get started. So joining us from the performance team of Disability Sport Wales is the Performance Pathway Coordinator, Morgan Jones. How are you, Morgan? Hi, Jack. I'm good. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So... My first question, can you explain to me and all of us really listening at home, in a nutshell, what is the Performance Pathway Hub? Yeah, so the the Performance Pathway Hub is a new structure um, that that we've developed to take our Performance Pathway forwards. Basically, it's an environment that's been designed to support disabled people aged nine years old or over to identify sports or physical activity to participate in. And then once they've done that, to learn, grow and develop into athletes for a sport which fits their individual profile and has a pathway towards a World Paralympic or Commonwealth Games. So it's obviously been a challenging year for all of us. How has the Performance Pathway Hub adapted to the pandemic? Yeah, so as you said, it has been a a very challenging year. and, And what we've had to do is is change the way that we work to, to meet uh, the, the kind of rules that we, we have in place at the time. There's been times this year where we've run weekly online sessions for our Performance Pathway Hub participants. And what we've done there is we've used those as an opportunity for them to check in, interact with their fellow athletes, and then have a little bit of a learning opportunity delivered by us in that session. But as we've been able to to do a little bit more face-to-face delivery and people have got back into their their sports clubs and their their regular physical activity that they go to in person we've reduced the frequency of our online sessions but what we've also started to include is our national day camps so those are four activity days throughout the year that we hold in different locations around Wales for the performance pathway hub participants all come together there's a lot of um a lot of them that live in more rural areas, they don't get to, to interact with, with the people that they know from the online sessions. But we come together and we have a day of multi-skill activities followed by a taster session in a particular sport. So as those rules have allowed us to do that, that's something that we've been really excited to be able to do. So touching on to the Paralympics, uh, what are your thoughts on the Welsh athletes included in the Games? So. I loved watching the Paralympics. Um, I felt like I had the best job in the world being able to, to count that as, as work, as keeping up to date with, with all of those results. And 
I thought we had a fantastic representation from Wales. We had 21 athletes selected for the Games, seven of those making their Paralympic debut, and then five of which won a medal. We had representation in 12 sports, and we medalled in eight of those, so I think you can agree that was a, a really fantastic show in from our Welsh athletes. Um, so as a proudly Welsh person, it was amazing to see our Welsh athletes competing and holding their own on that world stage. Yeah, it's brilliant to see that level of success on, on a world stage, especially in a, in a Paralympic Games. What are your own personal highlights of the Games in specific sports? So I, I love athletics, that's my background, and it's something that I always take particular interest in whenever there's a international event on. But I find myself becoming particularly invested in the wheelchair basketball and, sorry, no, the wheelchair rugby. And anyone that did watch that will know why I found it so exciting. And the final was such an amazing event to watch, end-to-end uh, -end game, and Great Britain finally breaking that, that duck of not winning a medal and, and taking the gold. That was a, a personal highlight of mine from the games. But I also really enjoyed watching the table tennis as well. Uh, just for the, the fast-paced nature of the game and, again, having Welsh athletes involved in those medal matches made it all the more exciting for me to watch. Yeah, wheelchair rugby is always a pretty brilliant spectacle uh, to watch, but also table tennis I, I found myself getting quite drawn to quite a lot uh, for this Games. Um, so as well as the Paralympic Games being on, were there any other major highlights of Welsh para sport over the last year that are worth that you feel are worth highlighting? So quickly following from the Paralympics, uh, a lot of those athletes went on to compete in either world or European champs in their respective sports as well. Uh, so Laura Sugar went out and competed in the World Championships in canoe and she took a gold medal there. And Dave Smith in Boccia has recently been out to the European champs and also won gold there. So I think those are, those are two things that really do need to be mentioned because those are fantastic achievements in their own right, but perhaps with the the hype around the Paralympics haven't quite received that that uh, recognition that they deserve. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what does the next year look like for the Performance Pathway Hub with the Commonwealths and other major competitions around the corner? Yes, yeah, so we've got a really exciting time coming up next year. We're looking to continue our programme of delivery in the Performance Pathway Hub. So that's our educational programme and our series of national day camps. I'm really excited to keep getting out there and meeting, meeting the hub participants face to face and seeing how they progress in their individual sports. But as you mentioned, we've got Commonwealth Games coming up very quickly. It's about as close to a home games as you can get without it actually being hosted in Wales. I'm excited to see some of our finest athletes competing in that, that red of Wales. You've touched on the Commonwealth Games. I'm wondering if there's any other major competitions next year for us to look forward to and anyone to keep a lookout, really. Yeah, so quickly following on from the Commonwealth Games in the summer, we head straight out to Japan for the World Para Athletics Championships. Another chance to see some of our, our Welsh athletes hopefully compete in there. But we also have the World Rowing Champs just a month after that, again, we're likely to have some Welsh athletes in there to look out for. 
Wonderful. And my last question for you, Morgan, is how are you spending your holidays? Oh, so I'm really looking forward to taking a little bit of time off. Um, I will still be taking part in sport myself. I, I do struggle to take time off that. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to putting my feet up when I'm not training at the track and digging into to all the delicious food that, that comes out at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, sounds, that sounds absolutely fantastic, mate. Uh, thank you very much for your time and letting us all know about the um, plans for the Performance Pathway Hub over the next year. Uh, and yeah, have a good Christmas. Cheers, Jack. You too. Now, joining us from the community section of the SW is Seanad. Hi, Seanad. Hiya, you okay? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So, you're obviously the InSport Project Officer. Are you able to give me an oversight of what the InSport Project is? Yeah, so the InSport Programme is basically a toolkit uh, available uh, to clubs, national governing bodies, uh, third sector organisations and local authorities to, to basically make their organisations more inclusive. Um, we look at the opportunities that they provide within the communities, we look at their policies um, and give them support really um, and identifying pathways for their players, uh, for coaches, officials and anything that we can support with. So how has the pandemic affected everyone from clubs, NGBs and local authorities? I think that the, the main issue, as you can obviously imagine, is everything came to a stop. Um, facilities have been changed to vaccination centres. We've also had the message that it's not safe to play sport or be indoors with large number of people. So it's it's been a difficult year to get things back up and running. It's been difficult to get people's confidence back up um, it's so important for us that people feel safe um, when participating in sport. So yeah, it's been dif it's definitely an, a difficult year. Um, but yeah, we're starting to see clubs get back to some sort of normality now. Numbers are slowly creeping up, um, but I think it will take a while for us to get to pre-pandemic figures, to be honest with you. Well, well at least that's a positive sign. Uh... So what has DSW done to support those sectors of the community that are affected by it? So th throughout the pandemic, our Disability Sport Wales officers um, in each local authorities have been supporting the clubs and local authorities as they would have done pre the pandemic. Uh, what we've also do done, uh, which Donna will touch on it, I'm sure, is offered more kind of support and resources uh, with coach development. So we've hosted a number of uh, courses like autism awareness courses, uh, the, the UK DITs that we've uh, offered throughout the year. So yeah, just helping in any way, shape or form that we can, to be honest with you. We've been hosting some sessions online and as everyone has done, we've just tried to think of how we can ad adapt our ways and not let COVID become a barrier, to be honest with you. Can you explain what the virtual in-sport series is in a nutshell and how it came about? Yeah, so usually the in-sport series would have been hosted 
in, in a physical presence. So each local authority would have hosted an event where inclusive clubs or national governing bodies would come together under one roof and provide a bit of a taster day. So individuals could try different sports like rugby, uh, wheelchair basketball, butcher, you name it, we would have that opportunity. But unfortunately, due to restrictions and COVID, uh, we've had to adapt slightly and move our offer online. So one thing that we've done this year is we uh, launched in September in sport series uh, education. And what that was basically, it was a, a, an online event designed for schools uh, that offered ideas on inclusive physical uh, activity uh, that was linked to health and well-being. And then the resources were mapped to the new curriculum for Wales. So yeah, really successful. We had loads of people signed up. Um, massive thank you um, to the partners that helped uh, bring this together. So uh, Cardiff Metropolitan University, Welsh Gymnastics, Welsh Athletics, Erlgobeth Cymru, um, and Badminton Wales as well. Um, so yeah, massive thanks to our partners. But yeah, it it was a it was a brilliant resource which people can still sign up for on our InSport Series mini site. So if you follow www.insportseries.co.uk, you can sign up there and you'll get instant access to all the resources. So if you haven't checked it out already, um, please do. But yeah, re really successful um, InSport Series. Looking forward now to the new year, if restrictions continue to to be relaxed we're hoping that we can kind of return to some sort of normality and have well yeah offer the face-to-face -face in sport series events uh, that we previously offered we're still trying to work out how and what they will look like moving forward um, obviously our key priority is to keep everyone safe uh, but there'll definitely be an offer in what uh, one shape or form yeah, it's brilliant that you were able to do something virtually and, and still be able to do something positive that a lot of people are interacting with. Uh, how important are events like the InSport series, do you think? Oh, massively important. At the end of the day, having these opportunities on someone's doorstep might be their first kind of step into sports. Some people attend these sessions have never probably played sports before or have played but not, might not have found their kind of niche or the sport they would like to pursue or even finding a club that they can take part in it on a weekly basis um so that they're really important and i think it's important as well for the clubs to kind of see the impact that they have in the community as well um one great story that we'd have is uh, beth monroe um, she took part in the Tokyo Paralympics this year um, as a para-taekwondo athlete. She was actually identified in one of the InSport series in North Wales. So without that in, uh, event and without her being kind of spotted by our Performance Pathway team, she potentially wouldn't have been spotted and wouldn't have the successful career that she's now got. So um, no, they're hugely important. Uh, so looking forward to next year, 
how are disability support Wales going to continue supporting these sectors and going through the InSport series process? So we're hoping to grow the programme, to be honest with you. Um, we're all look, already speaking to clubs and organisations that can join the InSport programme. That can only be a good thing because it creates more opportunities and it increases awareness in the communities. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, we're now looking forward uh, to how we run the InSport series events um, in the new year, whether that will be uh, in a kind of physical presence, face-to-face, -face, or if we'll need to uh, move back to virtual. But I think we're keeping an open mind and we're... We'll make it work regardless of the restrictions um, and also keeping everyone safe. But the main thing for us is always having some sort of opportunity there. We are looking, um, if everything allows, uh, to host um, a physical InSport series event uh, in August. Um, I can't disclose where at the moment, um, but we're hoping that that will be the biggest InSport series event that we've hosted. Um, so yeah, watch this space. Brilliant. Well, hopefully we'll see a return to it. So, final question. How are you spending your Christmas and holidays? Um, probably the same way as every year, eating too much uh, and spending it with my family and friends. That's the perfect holidays, though, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can blame it on Christmas and then start back in the new year, can't you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> perfect. Well... It's been lovely to hear from you and also about the InSport series and the plans for the, uh, the new year. Thank you very much for your time and being on, Sharnad. Thanks for having me. So my next guest from the Education and Training Department of Disability Sport Wales is Donna. Hi, Donna. Hi, Jack. Thank you for coming on uh, to chat with us a little bit today. So can you tell me first a little bit about your role with Disability Sport Wales? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, thanks for having me on today. It's really, really exciting to be part of this. Uh, my role covers education and training, so it's looking at learning opportunities that we offer as part of Disability Sport Wales. Um, we've recently made some changes to our UK DIT, which is our disability inclusion training offer, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a in a bit more detail about how that's been affected by the pandemic and the timing of that. Um, also looking moving forward about our offer for those um, working in education, such as teachers and learning support assistants, um, and also leisure service providers. We have a range of opportunities um, aimed at those working across the sports sector to make sure that they're inclusive for disabled people. Awesome. So in a bit more detail then, how has the pandemic affected education and training that you deliver for DSW? Um, it's, it's made quite a few changes really and I think part of what we're we're really keen for is to make sure that we capture some of the learning that we've we've had from some of that time. Obviously with the pandemic hitting it meant that a lot of our courses that we generally used to run um, on a face-to-face -face basis couldn't happen. So with quite a quick turnaround um, over a couple of months we shifted some of those opportunities that we would have usually had face to face into a digital classroom session. So when I talk about digital classroom, what I mean by that is that being hosted 
online either through using Zoom or Teams, which are platforms that I think a lot of people are, are quite familiar with now. Um, but around May of last year, it was something that was relatively new. Um, I think some of the learning that happened with that, we wouldn't necessarily, we wouldn't necessarily have had the opportunity um, to, to move in that way um, so quickly if it hadn't been the case that everyone at once was using these platforms to be able to socialise uh, with friends and family um, and to be able to use it for work purposes and professional purposes as well. So around the time um, that we shifted to Digital Classroom, we ran a number of pilots where we brought coaches, volunteers um, and people working across the sports sector together to talk about disability inclusion in that kind of format. Um, and we, we're really keen to move forward with that and to, to be able to retain um, to be able to retain that for, for future training that we have. Um, we've run a number of um, workshops for teachers and those working in education and we've found that in lots of ways shift into online and virtual um, digital classrooms has meant that it's more accessible um, and more um, available for people that that might have issues around travel or from coming away from the school environment or from the home environment um, to be able to travel for a course so we found that for within some areas and spaces that that it's increased the number of people that have accessed our opportunities yeah it sounds like you've been pretty busy to be fair uh, so how has engagement with the uh, changed as opposed to face-to-face in terms of it being virtual? I think initially, going back to May and June of 2020, I think there was a lot of excitement around being able to access um, some training in a time that we people were potentially um, on furlough or potentially weren't getting out into some of their um, everyday activities. So there, there seemed to be a real appetite for um, digital classroom and, and virtual based learning. Um, so engagement was was high. That has continued to be high. Um, however, there's there's a lot more opportunities now. There's there's such a wide offer for people to be able to to gain training in different environments, whether they be in an e-learning um, type virtual learning environment that people can access independently, or whether that be um, virtual in a digital classroom session that's that's running um, alongside with a with a a live tutor as part of that so engagement um, has continues to be high but the way in which people engage seems to be changing a little bit people um, people are really keen to access training opportunities um, but they're not necessarily as keen to um, to engage with full cameras on um, all of the time and we completely understand that there's there's lots of reasons why virtual classroom environments are working for people. Um, and sometimes that means that people are in the home. Sometimes that means that people are accessing learning opportunities in their work environment on lunch. So um, so the level of engagement um, feels slightly different to, to what it potentially did around a year ago. So I think that is going to be an ongoing um an ongoing process in terms of what that looks like at different points so so we're fully aware of that and, and we have different opportunities now where we have um, a level one disability inclusion training offer which is done independently by 
um, by learners in a virtual learning environment. We have a level two um, that's on offer in a digital classroom setting uh, with a live tutor. And then hopefully as, as things, um, hopefully, I think is the word that we're all um, using at the minute, you know, as we get into the new year, we'll be looking at our return to face to face. And we'll find that the, the engagement will look slightly different at each of those levels. Um, and, and that obviously applies to, to what the learning outcomes are for, for, those, for those settings, for those individuals. Cool. So is there anywhere um, that someone listening at home to this could check where uh, the variety of courses is? Or what there is, is? Yeah, there is currently. So if people want to visit the Disability Sport Wales website, if you, if you type in um, UK DIT, um, information will come out. Otherwise, people can search disabilitysportwales.com forward slash UK hyphen DIT hyphen coaches hyphen and hyphen volunteers and that will take you to the range of courses we currently have on offer. We have lots planned um, and it's a really exciting time for us to be looking at our, our learning opportunities and, and what we currently offer so watch this space because there's going to be a lot more um, lot more opportunities available outside of our usual UK DIT offer. Awesome that sounds really positive. As we've seen from social media, there's been a lot of opportunities to take part in courses. Is there any more opportunities like this coming in the new year? Absolutely. So the great thing about our new virtual learning environment, which we're currently using Brightspace, at level one, if people wish to, if they want to spend their um, time between Christmas and New Year, um, increasing their knowledge um, and expertise in this particular area, this is something that could be accessed at any point. Uh, for individuals so this is available from this point at any point that people want to access it um, and we also have some new course dates coming out um, in the new year so yes there will absolutely be um, be a full calendar moving forward um, for for opportunities either in uh, disability inclusion training in our in our in that structure but also some other um, snippets of learning opportunities that we have so my last question is, how are you going to spend your Christmas? Um, my Christmas will be spent with um, with family. Um, hopefully all, all being well. Um, I have nine and a half year old twins um, and we're getting together with uh, mine and my partner's um, parents and um, and my brother and his partner as well. So, so it will be um, a family Christmas, hopefully a time to, to, to relax and spend some time at home with, with pets and so on. So, and doing, eating lots of food. That's, that's, where, that's where my head is at in terms of Christmas right now. Yeah, getting a, a well-earned break. Well, yeah, that's, that's all great. It's brilliant to hear how uh, successful Education Train's been this year and look forward to hearing about more opportunities in the future. Thank you very much for coming on, Donna. Yeah, thanks very much, Jack. Joining us now is a very special person to Disability Sport Wales in CEO Fiona Reid. Hi, Fiona. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Uh, so, my first question for you, as obviously CEO, can you give me an <laughs> oversight of how Disability Sport Wales has done over the last year and, and dealt with the pandemic? Yeah, it's been a been another interesting year, hasn't it? I think you know when when the pandemic all started, we 
we kind of planned for potentially three months where things were going to be quite different and here we are almost two years later where things continue to be quite different and uh, the return that we thought might happen has has just progressed slightly differently so for Disability Sport Wales this year has been another one in which we've we've kind of tried to find our way through the the changing regulations the changing risk um, the changing working practices and and people's confidence around getting back into physical activity and sport in kind of public spaces because Thankfully, those spaces have started to open up, um, but we know that there's still a, a slightly different range of confidence within some disabled communities about returning to sport and physical activity as they played it pre-pandemic. So, you know, it's been a big focus for us that moving forward, just how do we support confidence, not only of people who would be active or who would be coaching or officiating, etc., um, but for our partners, for, for the governing bodies, local authorities, etc., where we can just work with people to, to kind of better understand what's going on out there and, and how, we, how we make appropriate interventions to support change moving forward. Uh, so on a bit more positive note, I guess, what's your personal highlights from the last year as a CEO? It's a great question that Jack because I think you know that I, I, I we've been asked this on a number of occasions in a number of different settings with different focuses um, and there's so many actually it's um, it, it's despite the fact that sport has still been so different you know we've seen uh, an incredible Paralympic Games um, which was you know, at one point, it, it was very, very touch and go. It had obviously been postponed from the year before. Um, and there was no no opportunity for friends, families and loved ones to travel out there as they would have done, no spectators. So, you know, the, there was a real sense that the Games was going to be completely different. Yet the the coverage, the way that the media engaged in Wales, the the, the job that, that Channel 4 did in terms of live streaming and, and keeping us connected with what was going on out of the Paralympics was just incredible, probably better than it's been in any years previously, you know, despite the time differences. And I know, you know, Performance Pathway team were, were operating on, on Tokyo time to, to the most part, but, you know, it's um, it gave us fantastic excitement achievement opportunity inspiration um so that was definitely a huge highlight having 21 athletes from wales or living in wales out at the games and bringing home 14 medals was was just an incredible feat of achievement in a time of real challenge um and i think that that kind of gave everybody real inspiration um so it was fantastic to see that, share that, and you know, similarly get up at some some very early hours of the morning to to kind of watch the sports that um, that we were all really interested in. You know, obviously between you and I, Jack, I was really interested in the badminton as well because that was a, a first a first time for that. And you know, as a badminton player yourself, and from my perspective, it's a it's a sport that I've got a particular interest and passion around. So it was lovely to see new sports coming in, see new new athletes going out. So athletes who it was their first games, you know, for them to go out and experience the games, albeit quite different, and for some of those athletes bring medals back was just incredible. So, you know, all round achievements 
for those who who did medal, those who didn't medal, and just the games itself and the impact it had on the kind of broader community, people who wanted to be physically active and play sport in Wales. So that was fantastic. Um, I think the other one is um, is what Sean Ed's talked about, you know, in terms of the in sports series events. They've been different, um, but the team have done a, an incredible job at kind of being creative and being innovative in the way that they can still get activity into people's homes. Um, so the in sports series education event had huge traction and that hopefully will continue to grow as we keep adding resources and supporting the sector in better understanding inclusion within that physical literacy space as well and then i suppose you know finally it was you know and it was at the it was the beginning of the of this year but the the legacy of the toyota investment into education and training um, and being able to get opportunity to for people to grow their knowledge and skills in a time where they weren't necessarily connected, but connecting Wales up virtually so that we could have education and training opportunities. So I suppose they're three of my highlights, but you know, if you if you push me further, there'd be more. But um, yeah, they, those are the, 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 the three particular ones, I suppose. Um, so what are you looking forward to most over the next year? Um, I think fundamentally it's about kind of getting back into things that um, will allow people to find their space in physical activity and sport again, you know, whether that's back to face to face and, you know, in the sports halls or pitches or, or court spaces or whether it's because they found a better way of engaging in physical activity for themselves you know whether it's in the home or or whatever so you know that that's definitely an opportunity for us looking forward you know i think everybody has their their fingers crossed don't they about things returning to what they they used to be like and our memory of that but i think we've also learned such a lot over the past two years just in terms of what else we can do that we might not have ever thought about had this pandemic not hit and i know that you know it's had a a huge impact on so many people families and and uh, communities um and we absolutely can't forget the disproportionate impact it's had on disabled people but i think there's also been some silver linings to to these clouds that have passed as well so you know the opportunity i see for everybody moving forward and i know that you know everyone within the disability sport wales family kind of see those opportunities and work really proactively towards them i think you know the what donna's talked about and the the um bright space environment and that virtual learning opportunity that we're going to be able to to kind of extend and roll out and work with partners on more cohesively is is really exciting you know we've wanted to do that for a while and i suppose it forced our hands you know it, it kind of brought that agenda forward slightly so that we we got it done quicker but that that's a that's a great thing i think you know and it'd be great to learn um, moving forward what the impact of that is and how we can use that learning and how other partners within the sector can use that learning as well so um, I, I, I think those who know me Jack will kind of be probably quite familiar with the fact that I say every day is a, is a learning day and you know that 
that I think is is always so inherent in the opportunity if we don't look at that if we don't take that learning we're never going to grow we're never going to change what we do and how we do it um so yeah the the opportunity is in the learning that we've had and taking that forward really proactively um to create more exciting opportunities um and partnerships within disability sport wales and and the people within the communities that we we work alongside yeah that's a really positive way to look towards the new year really uh so my last question since it's the holiday edition i'm curious <laughs> how are you spending your holidays Oh, I am going to take um, some time off, which is what I hope most people do, because it's been intense, hasn't it, this past this past couple of years. As, and uh, sitting in front of a, a computer screen has been great in a lot of ways, but also, you know, just my eyes are tired. So I think uh, I'm looking forward to having a mince pie or two maybe a mulled wine or two and um just a little bit of 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 a break to spend time hopefully with my with my family which would be lovely and hopefully that's how everybody's intending to spend the festive period brilliant well thank you very much for coming on and giving us your time Pete. it's been lovely talking to you Angie, Jack, and can I just wish everybody a Nadolla Clawen and Blothin Noidhar, and I hope that next year we we see lots of further opportunities and um, and happiness for everybody. You know, new year, new start, new new opportunities. Well, thank you to all of our guests for joining us. We hope that you've enjoyed the review of the year and also hearing the plans for the next year. We also want to thank you for listening to the hashtag Just Ask podcast. From all of us at Disability Sport Wales and the National Youth Board, we wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Just Ask. Governor. Just Ask. Just Ask.